God bless you, brother. Thank you for all the stuff that you do in the house of the Lord. Amen. They've, they've been, uh, how long have you been working with the kids? I mean, oversight. Ten years? We, we ran in, we ran, let me just, am I okay for a second? All right. No, stay right here. Eight minutes, so I'm kind of glad to. So we ran into a place where um, we noticed that our, that our teachers for our kids were just burning out and never in church on Sunday and just kind of getting a gap between them being part of the body. I mean, it was, and so we started this, and all of you have taught. All of, probably most everybody in here has took the time to teach the kids, and especially the ones that have little kids. And Josh and Jen have looked over that for 10 years, and we just thank you so much for doing that. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, the Lord is faithful, amen? I think this is the third time I've spoken in the same year. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I remember uh, I asked Chris one time, how do you, how do you speak for so long up there? Because I, I think I'm always going to be a 10, 15-minute preacher tops Maybe that's pushing it. And he said, if I if if you write about three messages, you can go for about 25, 30 minutes. So if I do that, I can only speak once every couple of years. So I don't think I can do that. But I, I wanted to take this opportunity because uh, not only does it feel like we got the backup to the backups up here, it's kind of like uh, when the quarterback and the backup get injured and they're just looking for the guy with arms to hand the ball off. That's kind of like why I'm up here. But uh. I have, I have like a brief de devotional tonight because the majority of the time I wanted to take to brag on this body, this ministry, and kind of what brought our family to this church. Because I noticed that Austin got to do that, Dustin kind of did that, Brother Aaron did that. So I want to take a little bit of opportunity to uh, just thank this body for who you are, just your hearts and your, and your servants for the Lord, and it, and it shows true in everyone's lives. But I think... I've known Chris and Dustin uh, for almost 18 years now. Our our kids grew up together, and I mean, it's been a long time since we first started hanging out, going to open gym basketball and playing video games together and everything, and that's when I was hanging out with Roderick and everything back then. And Jennifer and I were going to a church called Crossroads Bible Fellowship. R Rick and Donna kind of got a brief overview of how that how that went the other night when we were fellowshipping with them. But I started going to the Greek study with these guys because, hey, come check out the Bible study at the church. And it kind of started there with Brother De La Vega. And most, most of you probably grew up in Pentecostal church, but I grew up in a Baptist church. And, you know, you're real anointed in a Baptist church if you clap your hands when you're sitting down in the pew. It's just, you know, it's, it's a complete different uh, church life as compared to, I haven't been to a a knockout, dragout Pentecostal service, but one of the very first services I came to Echoes of Calvary, there was a guest speaker, and uh, he was coming around at the end and, and uh, you know, anointing people, and he tried to push Jennifer over, and uh, I was freaked out. Rodney tried to talk to me, and I wanted to run away and never come back again, and that was, I think, the first time that Chris had invited us to church, and uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was shocking, that's for sure. But after hanging out with them and, and going to Brother De La Vega's uh, study and then just, oh, you got to hear Pastor preach, you got to hear, hear him speak Sunday morning. And we were kind of 
we were committed to Crossroads. We weren't really involved in anything there. We just helped out with a lot of areas in the church. And I, I spoke at some youth events, and we started coming to Sunday night services. So we would hear Rodney preach a lot, and Chris, and, and Dustin, and Roderick, and everybody. But I hadn't heard Pastor preach yet. And we started going so much that Pastor and Kay would always say, well, you've been to more than two services, so, they're, so you're a part of the body now. And coming from a Baptist background, it's different. They, they take votes on everything, and you sign a card, and you're a member, and your number's in the book. And it's, you know, it's, it's all official. And uh, the difference that I noticed as compared to the church I was going to with this body is Pastor talks about hirelings a lot, and that's paid servants. And, and here, there's no paid servants. Everybody, we're all one body, one fellowship, and one spirit, one accord unto Christ. And there, there was, there was a paid worship leader. There was a paid youth minister. There was a pastor. There was just paid everybody. So all these different people had different visions. So you kind of get pulled in different areas, and, you, and some people don't do certain things, and some others do certain things. And I was battling with some struggles in my life and my walk with the Lord, and, and there was no concrete, don't do this, don't do that. This is what the Bible says. This is what we're teaching. The pastor didn't do things in his life, but he, you know, other, other elders in the church did it. So it was, it was kind of confusing for me as a young man. And I had been coming here Sunday nights, going to Brother De La Vega's Greek class, and I grew up in Baptist Church, Trinitarian, and I was being challenged in my faith in a way. A lot of conversations with Roderick about what the Trinity is and where, where they were going. And you guys had just kind of just got into that. And it was a change in, in your ministry, too. And I went to speak at a youth event at Crossroads on New Year's Eve. And I remember talking to a youth pastor there about how I'd been coming here. And, and he said, well, you have to be careful about those churches that only only preach about Jesus. And there was like a red flag, like it went off in my head. Okay, well, that's kind of weird. You know, why, why would that be an issue? That's what we're about. We're supposed to preach Jesus. That's what it is. And I think, I think that's what kind of started the, you know, well, maybe we, we felt this, this tug, this pull to this body. And I don't remember what the circumstance was. I think I just told Jennifer, well, these guys won't stop asking me to come listen to Pastor preach. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there this Sunday and listen to him preach. And you guys all remember the old building and the way the, the chairs were set up. And I sat, I sat kind of on this side, probably in the second or third row. And there's nobody up there. And I, I had never been to a, a yelling preacher before. <laughs> and I, I remember when he first started speaking, I was thinking, Lord, let him not make direct eye contact with me because I might get struck by lightning. If there's any sin in my life, it's going to be gone. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why nobody's sitting in the front row. It was, it, it was just such a, such a passionate word, and it, it was pure, and it was anointed, and it's, it's something that challenged me and for Jennifer and I to, to leave the other church, it was, it was very difficult. It's hard leaving because you see, you see a lot of church splits and you see people leave for very selfish reasons. And we didn't want to leave with any bitterness there, but there was, there was some things creeping in to crossroads. There was, uh, you know, the Bethel kind of starting there and and there was a lot of, lot of the people that were coming into the uh, worship team 
that were from the stirring, and then there was a lot of different ideologies creeping in there, and people believed different things, and they were Trinitarian, and and so we just felt led to come to this body and to be so so accepted and to hear the truth in a way that I had never heard it in my life to where it was it was it was actually challenging to where if you don't believe it go study it out for yourself okay I studied it out for myself it does say this it does say that and it was it was amazing and and just faith growing to come here and to grow with with all of all of you people and just the challenges that have happened in my life and this is something that I definitely don't never saw myself doing is speaking in front of people. I know Dustin kind of touched on that, but I kind of think Dustin and Chris and everybody else love speaking in front of people, but I, I don't know. That's just how I see it. But for me, I'm definitely afraid of it. Jennifer knows I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm sick, physically ill, stressed out all week, but it is what it is. I, I just give it to the Lord. But, but to be challenged in our faith and no matter where, where I went, it was continually growing with, with these brothers and and seeing our children grow up, and, and the testimony that you guys have, your giving hearts, and one, one thing, an example that I can always use, Pastor, is the year when our roof was leaking so bad, and we, and we were just having a rough time, and we decided to do foster care, and we were having one of the craziest weekends ever, and our house was leaking, and we had just gotten our first placement, and they were meth babies, and it was, it was just terrible, and, and Pastor, and and the body just decided that they would come and put a roof on our house. And that's something that I've never seen. A, a pastor who preaches a pure word, all the families in the church are living out what they say. Their, their kids are in line with what they believe in, and everybody's in one accord, and everybody's so helpful. People just give up their, their dinner at night and come help you out. And Everyone's been helping each other out. I know we have the whole process of some people are moving, some people are staying, but everybody's still been helping each other out. What do you need? You need help painting. You need help doing this. You need help, you know, taking some trash out or, or taking care of some things. And, and just having Pastor come out there with me after he'd already worked the whole day and let's go jump up on the roof and, and, and bang some shingles in. And, and I just was just feeding him shingles, wondering, how does this man have this much energy when he's twice my age and I can't keep up with him? And it, it, it's amazing to see those things and the, and the testimony of, of Brother Curtis. Uh, I, I know that all of us are going to face, face death one day. Where 10 out of 10 of us are going to pass away. But it's amazing to see a brother who has doctors telling him he's not going to make it. And every day he gets up, gives glory to God. And it doesn't matter. He's thankful for each moment. And it's a testimony of the faithfulness of the Lord. Amen? And... Uh, just one other example I want to brag on is is the young people in this church. Uh, a lot of churches have young people that only go to youth group and, and their families aren't really attached to the body. So they come and they, they get fed the word a little bit and they go out and they get kind of corrupted by the world again, by their family, by school, whatever. But almost 99% of the children in this church are all part of the families that are part of the body. And it's amazing seeing the youth grow like We've, we've been involved with the kids 10, 12 years, but we've seen all of the little ones grow up. You know, Katie and Hayden are graduated from high school now and, and seeing all of them grow up and, and where they're at in life now. And w one of the things I brag on Chris's daughter Haley all the time, every time she cuts my hair, and just recently 
It's just a testimony of young people to be faithful to the Lord and commit yourself to him and wait on the Lord's timing. You think that young people wouldn't be uh, inspiring to somebody that's older, but it's, it's truly inspiring to see somebody separate themselves to the Lord and wait and know that the seed is planted to see Tony return to the body and to see the fruit that is bared out in that and the fruit that they're going to continually press forward in Christ. And I tell Haley that it's just, you don't even know the, how that's going to touch so many people's lives, that testimony, just, just committing yourself to the Lord. Amen? I know nobody's leaving tonight, and Sister Debbie was, was crying, saying that it's hard every week. It seems like somebody's leaving, but everybody gets a break. Last week, you have Dustin, and this week, you have me. We're probably the, the least crying preachers of the whole body. I think between us, we might have cried for like two seconds. So you can save all your tears for Wednesday night next Sunday. We'll keep it dry tonight. But, but I truly am thankful for everyone in this body. I, I could tell stories for, for the next hour, longer than I can preach, of course. But everybody is, is committed to the Lord, and it doesn't matter if you're going, if you're staying. We are going to be blessed in the Lord because that's what holds us together. This building doesn't hold us together. The, the people here don't hold us together. It's Christ that holds us together. He is our foundation. No matter if everybody walks away, who are you going to stay true to? Are you going to stay true to the Lord? And I'm just thankful for all of you people and the people that aren't with us tonight. I appreciate everyone and their efforts and the challenges that you've brought in my life and growing my faith in the Lord. Amen. So I just wanted to bring just a short word tonight. So Colton, you can bring up Luke chapter 9, and we're going to be studying verses 57 through 62. Luke 9, 57, 62, and this story is paralleled in Matthew 8. We're going to be talking about the but firsts. So Luke 9, 57 through 62, I'm going to start at verse 57. It says, now it happened, I'm reading out of the New King James. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So does that mean the Lord is not going to take care of us and provide shelter and housing and food for us? That's not really what Christ is telling this man here. It says in, in Scripture that he's, he provides for the flowers of the field and the birds of the air. He's going to provide clothing, shelter, food, everything that we need. But what, what the Lord is, is saying right here is we're not to be comfortable. When you follow the Lord, when you seek after him, you're not seeking a life of comfort. The Christian life is not the comfortable life. And I feel like the Lord's been challenging me in this area, and I, I love what Chris said, is... A lot of times I feel when I'm getting an anointed, a word, or something in my spirit, and I talk to Jennifer about it, and she says, oh, that, that'd be something you could probably speak on. And it's a fault in, of mine where I'll kind of avoid talking to anybody else about that because I don't want them to ask me to come up here and speak about it. <laughs> and 
I do, I do want to be challenged in the Lord. I want to grow in the Lord. And, and if it takes getting up and speaking in front of people as, as much as my flesh doesn't like it, as much as I can't control my, can't control my flesh from stressing out, I want, to, I want to be a servant for the Lord, and I want to honor Him. So we're not going to be living comfortable lives, and I think that a lot of the things that have happened recently in my life has proven that. I was working the same job for about 23 years up until August, August 27th of this year. And uh, I, I had a week off when we were supposed to go camping up there at the campground. And, and we ended up not being able to camp and came here and had amazing service together and was, was speaking with Austin. And, and uh, there were some things going on at work with, with COVID mandates. And I just didn't want to have to deal with it anymore. So I decided to change careers and go work with Austin. And it be able to work with Austin and my son and learn something new that I didn't know anything about was, was challenging. But I, I think it was where I was at with Walmart was I was, I was comfortable. I was deciding, okay, I, can, I could probably retire here. I'm comfortable, not really challenging myself. And, you know, people know what I'm about, so I don't really have to be, be preachy anymore. They, they know that I'm a church guy. I wasn't really speaking up as much. And then I start working with Austin, and we sell our vehicle. So we have one vehicle. I have the work truck. And I don't know, it was about a month into it, and this whole possible move happens. And then it does happen and end up losing my job, losing my work vehicle. So now I'm unemployed. Half the church has moved away. Uh, I've got things going on in my, in my family, with my brother, with my daughter, and so many challenges and added stress upon stress upon stress. And it's not the comfortable life. You have to be able to take on all those things as, as a father, as a husband. And when you get older, you're challenged in, in every way of your life. You can't just go to work and then come home and sit back on the couch and, and take ease. Every moment of your life is challenging because I fall asleep at night thinking of a thousand different things. And as soon as I wake up, I'm thinking of all of those things again. And I just want to pray to the Lord. Just, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the breath that I have. I thank you for the opportunity, and you've created this, and I want to take joy in it. No matter what happens, no matter my attitude, I want to be humbled and pursue you, because I can't, I can't take my mind out and put it inside Adrian's mind and, and tell her, all I, did, all I wanted you to do was not make the same mistakes I made when I was your age, and I wanted to raise you up and lead you in that direction, and it's going quite the opposite way. And uh, Dustin and Amber know, know how this is, and, and some of you out there know how it is. You, you can raise a child in the ways of the Lord, but they're going to grow up and make their own decisions. That doesn't mean it's not hard on you, and you have a lot of, a lot of prayer time and a, and a lot of uh, hurt-filled nights and a lot of uh, time when they come over and, and talk to you where it's hard to, to face them. But I know that the Lord is good, and he is faithful, and there's no one beyond his reach. And we'll continue to pray for those who are lost, those in our family, those loved ones that we care about. We're going to continue to remember them, because this isn't a comfortable life. We're not called to a life of comfort in our Christian walk. A new life awaits when we surrender our life to Christ. You'll still face the trials of this life in the flesh and in the spiritual realm. But how you absorb and respond to those events is what proves your character in the Lord. How you react, how you respond, how you take it in. Do you have meltdowns? Do you freak out? Do you get mad? Do you get in fights with your spouse? Do you take it out on your children? Or do you just absorb it all and give it to the Lord? 
I know it's hard not to be anxious and feel that stress. You're still going to feel it in your flesh, but the peace of the Lord should overcome all that. We can speak that out, all, and we're all going through this challenge right now, but it's just something we have to live out to prove to others, to be the light to those who are going through trials and challenges and are failing. They need to see people who are successful. And our success isn't because of what we do. It's because of the Lord. Amen? So let's move on to verse 59. 59 and 60 says, Then he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Now when you first read this, it seems, seems a rough statement. The Lord doesn't even want you to go bury your father. But there's something that happens when you, when you have an encounter with the Lord and you surrender your life to him. There's, there's no going back. It doesn't mean that we're just intentionally running people over to pursue the Lord and they're just going by the wayside and we're leaving them behind. It's, this is the direction that I'm going. You're either going to follow or go the direction you're going. And this means sometimes some relationships have to be severed in your life. I grew up with a lot of a lot of people that I hung out with all the way up until I met my, my new brothers in the Lord. And these were my friends in school and, and in the world. And they're not going the same direction I am when, when I start uh, serving Christ. And it's hard to end those relationships, but it just kind of goes one direction. It's not like you go sit down with them and then say, hey, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. It's something that happens. You, you have a new family and new friends, and those relationships that you don't allow yourself to be around anymore because you want fruit produced in your life. So Christ isn't saying, well, you can't go bury your father. He's saying, when you follow after me and say you're going to commit your life to me, that's it. You're moving forward. You're not going back. When you surrender your life to the Lord, you're telling everyone else you prefer him above all things. Christ is above family, friends, work, everything else. He is priority. All that matters is Christ. That's all we can give anybody else. That's the only peace and truth that we can live out in our life is Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross and how he invites us to be part of his family. We're called to follow after him and we're meant to be examples of the light that he gives in our life. What he's put in your heart and that light that shines from you, those that care and listen will respond to the change in your life but it's not our duty to chase after those who leave the Lord or are not seeking after the Lord in your life. Those family members, those lost loved ones, we can't chase and save anyone. We can only commit our life to him and surrender our life to him every single day and die daily and pursue him. Amen? Because if I spend all my energy, all my time chasing after Adrian and trying to speak and having countless fights with her and arguments and having her not speak to me for years upon years and pray every day, Lord, save my daughter. And if that was my lot in life, it would be a failure to me as a Christian because I'm supposed to be pursuing Christ, not pursuing my daughter's relationship with the Lord because we're all going to stand before the Lord and be accountable for our own actions. So it's not our duty to chase after those who fall away or reject the truth. We're called to preach the truth in love and move forward in the Lord. 
So moving on to verse 61 and 62. Verse 61. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. And I I tell this to Hayden all the time. When you put your hand to the plow and you look back, you're not fit for the kingdom. When you allow those old things that dragged you down, the old sin, the old habits, the old ways, the way you reacted to certain things, when, when you allow those things to make you turn around and dwell on the past and dwell on the way you were and dwell on the things that you did in, in the past, it's, it's going to be a drag. It, I mean, it's hard to walk forward and look behind you and go forward. You're going to end up running into something or falling over. We're, we're called to a new life. We are a new creation in Christ. Christ is saying, when you put your hand to the plow, you don't look back, you move forward. You look forward. When Peter stepped off the boat, as soon as he fell into the water, it's because he took his eyes off Christ. No matter what the storm is going on around you, you have to stay focused on the Lord. And, and a lot of us are going through some different storms in our life. And like Chris was saying, no matter the circumstance, no matter what's going on, we've got to stay true and pursue the Lord. And his, and his peace will overcome those difficulties and the challenges that we're facing. The impatience and the anxiety, right, Desiree? Just the craziness every day that, that you're just waiting and waiting and trusting in the process. That's what I say every day, trust in the process. I'm telling Jennifer, the Lord's timing is good because there's some things that are happening in my life where if, if we were moving right now at this exact time, it would be hard to deal with. We're in a place right now in a position where we're able to deal with those things, and that's because of the Lord's timing. The, Lord, the old is passed away and the new has come because we're a new creation in Christ. We don't look back at the old life and the sin that impaired you and kept you in bondage. You have a new life and a real truth to fight for and live for. No matter where you're at in life, you need to serve him with your whole heart. We can't go back to those old things, those comfortable things that made us feel safe and end up doing the old habits and being bond, in bondage to the same old things that will trap you. We've got to move forward in Christ. And the one thing in common that all three of these men said is they tried to put a condition on the Lord. They said, Lord, but first let me do this. There, you can't put conditions on the Lord. His call is simple. He says, take up your cross and follow after me. Sometimes it seems like you're not hearing the voice of the Lord. Sometimes it, you, you feel a little empty, a little lost, uh, just not loved, whatever is going on in your life. The, the calling of the Lord is always going to be the same. It's always simple. It's always just follow me. Seek after me. If you're feeling empty, if you're not feeling the joy that the Lord has to give every day, that means you're usually putting something else in your life that's taking away that joy. The enemy's receiving that joy. The world, the, your energy, you're worn out. You need to press in to the word of the Lord, fellowship with the body, and pray and seek him earnestly with a whole heart. And his peace, his joy will overwhelm you, and it will be a blessing in your life. So we, we can't put conditions on the Lord. We need to surrender under him and seek after him daily. And uh, that's the word that I had tonight. So, amen. Thank you.